0: Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio.
1: Our guest today has developed a wonderful website, the at www.thegiftofkeith.org in order to help members of other family members and people who are survivors of suicide. Uh, her name is Carol, Carol Lore, and she's Keith's mother. And Carol, welcome to the show, Healing the Grieving Heart. Thank you, Gloria, so much for having me. I think this program is really needed for others that suffer a loss to suicide. It's just great to have you here today. And I, I think you're up in Maine, right? Right. So the internet's a wonderful thing. I'm in Maine, and you're—I mean, I'm in London. You're in Maine, and and I think our uh, technicians are in uh, Arizona. So uh, quite a thing for us to be able to have this today. So our topic today, honoring our tra- uh, child who died by suicide. And Carol, could you talk a little bit about Keith and uh, about how you've gotten to where you are with the internet and developing a website and all these things for families? Yes. Um, when F- Keith first died, um, he was 29 years old. And and how many years ago was that? That was six years ago. Six years ago, okay. So the loss is, is, is not so new anymore. So well, that's pretty new. I've been 22 years, and it seems yes. pretty new to me. <laughs> but I can still remember those first days, and um, I understand new grief. So this took me a while to get going on, but... Um, After Keith died, I started collecting all the information that I could about suicide. I really didn't know very much about suicide. I didn't know anything about Keith's depression. But Keith was one of these um, sons that everyone would want. He was outgoing, vivacious, and fun to be with. And um, he had just gotten out of graduate school and received um, a degree in marketing, and he had taken his job, which was a very highly stressed job, and he was supposed to come up with a plan um, for his new job, and he just couldn't do it. And so the morning that he was supposed to present the plan, he didn't show up for work, and the next morning um, he took his life. Mm. So sorry to hear that. It is. It's Even when I talk about it now, I can still remember those first few moments when we found out that he had died and that he had taken his own life. So that word suicide hit us so hard mm-hmm. because, first of all, we had no understanding of Keith's depression, and we didn't even know. We, In our mind, I guess we thought suicide only happened to families that were sort of dysfunctional families. But I found out that that wasn't true very quickly. Absolutely. We certainly learned that from all the wonderful families that we know have had suicides in them. Yes. Yes, that's so true. So then I decided that um, I had all this material that I had collected, um, and I needed to share it with other families that had gone through a lot. Now, when did you start feeling that way? How long had it been? It had been a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I had started maybe a year after Keith had died. Um, to get all this information together. And I put it together in folders um, for other people from Compassionate Friends that had lost children to suicide. Mm -hmm. So you were in a group with Compassionate Friends at that time? Yes, I was Mm -hmm. in Florida at that time. And um, the chapter leader asked me if I would put together some folders with all the information that I had collected for other families. Well, oh, what a very wise chapter leader. It's so wonderful to be able to do the service that you can as time goes on, isn't it? I admired Vita so much. She was just such an inspiration to me. She knew of my grief and she knew, I'm sure she knew that this would help me with my grief by sharing it with others. Mm-hmm. It helps everyone, yes. One of the things I say to people early on is, you know, that maybe uh, your child died a week ago and somebody comes to the group that child died last, you know, one day. Um, you can open a door for them or pull up a chair or get them a drink of water. A uh, service is an amazing thing. That's so true because, like I say to other people, that, you know, you start in such little ways, but you just find that with the support of other people that you just can get through it. hmm And I tell people all the time that I can never tell anyone how to grieve because I just grieve. I know how I grieve, but all I can do is be there with the information, and that information that I've basically put together is about how depression is linked to suicide. Mm -hmm. And by understanding that word suicide, which is such a frightening word, you're you're able to grieve for your child because you have some understanding of the pain that your child experienced due to depression or other neurological disorders. Mm -hmm. Certainly the people that I've had on the show that talk about uh, suicide talk about what what pain they know their children were in uh, with the the depression. Yes, absolutely. And people that have suffered from depression have also shared with me their insight of depression because I had never that understanding of what it was like until others shared that information with me. So my wonderful daughter, one Christmas, said, Mom, you need a website. And this was about how long? That was in 2002. So my son died in 1999. And so in 2002, Cindy... It would be about three years. That's right. And what did you feel when they said that? I said, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) You expect someone this old to be able to run a website... And they said, Mom, you've got to. And my daughter, um, Cindy, is an artist, and she is the one that basically helped me construct a website that was easy to use and one that people could go to and not be bombarded with new information, but something that was very easy to go through and find the information that you needed. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I think is wonderful about this Library of Life, of Life website, that it's all kind of set up probably like she set you up. Right, exactly. Because mm-hmm. it is that. quite a thing to do. i, I was been working on a web page myself, a professional web page, and it is very involved. In fact, I have to have a webmaster work on it, yes. where I as I found out with these others, I didn't have to, you know, I could actually go in and do it. It was all set up. It is very difficult, and I think when you're dealing with, um, so much information, technical information, and then you're also dealing with your own grief. Mm-hmm. Where well, you can't even add two and two at times. Exactly. And so I I mean to anyone that wants to start, they thinking they're thinking about a website or they're thinking about what they can do to honor their child. I say to them, start writing. Start writing down your thoughts. I mean, if you can just take a journal out, I remember the first couple of days after Keith died, someone brought me a journal and said, just write down all your thoughts. And so that's exactly what I did. I just started putting down every thought that would enter my mind. And if I found something in a book that I thought was pertinent to depression or suicide, I wrote it down in the source. And I just kept this journal. And I found that that provided me with a wealth of information. And that's basically where I started with my writing. Mm -hmm. And that's a great idea. If people do enjoy writing, uh, if they don't enjoy writing, they might even want to put it on a tape recorder and have someone else uh, record it for them or get stories about their child or have other people write stories about them. Because when you save that information, if you do decide to do a webpage, you can uh, then put it on your webpage. I think that is a wonderful idea, that recording all your ideas, too, because I know that in those first moments of grief, you just don't have that concentration And with a tape recorder, you can just put it on when those thoughts come into your mind. But I just found that, you know, with the word suicide, it was such a frightening word, and the media picks it up, and TV picks it up, and everyone starts talking about it, and you're so frightened of the word. But once you have that ammunition that you can go out there and talk to people about suicide, then you start to link and write your articles to the newspapers, to television stations, about your story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's wonderful you've even had people write articles for you that you put on your website. It's wonderful. I'm so fortunate to find people that have said, yes, you can share your articles on my website. And um, that is how basically I post my articles. And so many people have come to my website and said, would you put an article, um, a poem, or... um, um, a spiritual story about my child, and I can do that. And that's what I think is so nice about the Library of Life, too, because people always want to see their child... I think those memories and people don't talk about your child that much, and so when you see their image up on the internet, it's just a wonderful experience. Yes, and you can do a whole scrapbook on there. It's that's quite an amazing thing with their, their special music. I want to mention your website again for people. It's thegiftofkeith.org, and it's a wonderful website. And uh, Carol has some wonderful articles on there. Oh, is that uh, Father Ruby? Yes, it is. Oh, hi. Welcome to Healing the Grooving Heart. I
0: I had a little trouble getting on here, but yes, thank you very much. My (laughs) honor to be part of this.
1: We're very happy to have you on the show. And I was just saying that Carol Laura's is here, Keith's mother, who created the wonderful website, thegiftofkeith.org. And also we have another website that sponsors our show, which is org, where families can also create their own website. Yes, yes. Well, Father Ruby, now you've run for 26 years, you've run the Lost program of Catholic Family Charities. Can yes. you tell us about that?
0: Uh Yes. Um, 1979, uh Three couples had met at an organization called Compassionate Friends, and they formed that's a uh, a grief group yeah formed. that
1: that they helped sponsor the show, and we've had an ad about them already yeah, right, <laughs> yes. so our audience knows who they are
0: yes and um uh three couples uh had each lost a child of suicide and they formed a natural bond and they approached me uh because this they was in that, Chicago pardon me.
1: Where were you located yeah, in
0: Chicago? In, in Chicago, Chicago. They okay. They approached and uh, said that they, uh, while it was helpful going to compassionate friends, they felt their grief was a little different than parents who had lost a child to a terminal illness or an accident or some other form of death.
1: Mm-hmm. And, what year uh, was this?
0: Pardon me.
1: What year was this?
0: This How was long 19- ago? Uh, This was probably the fall of nineteen
2: seventy-eight,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, then we began meeting and. Uh, the program has evolved over these past 26-plus years. Uh, we provide four basic services. Uh, we provide a monthly newsletter. We, and I uh, hear that's
1: a wonderful newsletter. What is it called, and how would our audience the obelisk, get it?
0: The Obelisk, O-B-E-L-I-S-K, yes. Okay. And, and then how,
1: we pro- we how provide, would we get that? Pardon me? How would the audience get it? Uh
0: By calling us and being put on our mailing list.
1: You want to give us uh, a phone, phone number? The number
0: is area 312-655-7283.
1: And do you have anything on the Internet if they can't
0: get uh, that number? Yeah, the Catholic Charities does have its own Internet, or its its own uh, website, and loss is, is listed there also, yeah. Oh, good. So you
1: might get it there, or you might. If you want to get the obelisk, you might want to dial 312-655-7238. Seven two eight three. Seven two eight three. Yeah. All right. So
0: tell and us your other. Direct, s- that's our direct dial lost number.
1: Okay. Great. So tell us your other services. The um, magazine. We
0: we have monthly we have monthly uh, meetings at eight or ten sites around the uh, Chicagoland area. Uh, we have individual counseling by licensed uh, clinicians. And we offer weekly groups for the newly grieving uh, they meet for eight consecutive weeks and two follow up monthly meetings, so there's a total of ten meetings and these are closed groups uh, uh, they're um, uh, because of the they're they're more therapeutic than the monthly groups,
2: mm-hmm. but it's
0: all it's all geared towards having people meet other people who are going through the same type of issues that they are going through.
1: Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, I think that Carol will probably tell you that um, uh, the Compassionate Friends has come a little more of age since 1978, haven't they, Carol? They Um, are a little more sensitive. I think they're very much more sensitive than when we first lost Keith in 1999, I had been given, I I had received a call from one compassionate friend that told me that I needed to find another group. But now, Compassionate Friends has changed their language and the way they deal with suicide, and they've come a long way. And I think Carol and probably your influence uh, with Carol Father Ruby have probably had a lot to do with that. Carol, can you tell us how you got in touch with Father Ruby? Well, our daughter, Cindy uh, Lore, she was in the Chicagoland area and um a counselor had told us that this would be the loss program would be a good group for our daughter Cindy to get to to get some support. Oh great for siblings, yeah. Right. And she found much support there through the licensed clinician and she just she felt it was a very good program and in that way I got connected with the obelisk newsletter. And I'm telling anyone that has lost a child to suicide you need to sign up to get this newsletter. It is absolutely outstanding. Father Ruby writes an article every month that really deals with suicide and your loss and your grief. And I put up a lot of the articles on my website that he has written. And if you go to my website, thegiftofkeys.org, and you go to resources, you can find all the information about the LOSS program and the Obelisk magazine. That's great. Well, Father Ruby, could you tell me um, what do you think the differences are uh, suicide uh, versus other losses of children? Okay, I think
0: uh, there's a lot of similarities, but I think some of the unique issues, number one uh, would be uh, in, in some instances there is the shame or stigma uh, mm-hmm. that accompanies a death from suicide. Um, uh, there is, you know, what is wrong with our family? What is wrong with me as a parent? And I don't think this is a predominant feeling that uh, a family goes through if their child, if their loved one had died in an automobile accident or terminal illness.
1: Although you do feel that you should have been able to take care of your oh, children. Sure. Oh sure.
0: by all means. There is some guilt. <laughs> by, by by all means, but there there is yeah. uh, there is a predominant feeling of guilt, um, especially among parents or spouses that. Uh, I should have been able to intervene.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's
0: not to say that it's not going to be uh, present if the death occurred in other ways, but it's very predominant. That among it could have them. been prevented. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. Mm, that idea. Um, and How do you, you deal with that?
0: Well, I, I think I think you just allow people to work their way through the feelings, um, and you, you you emphasize that uh, this person who found life so painful, they died from an illness. The illness is called mental illness, depression, uh, other forms of mental illness. And um, the more we can come to grips with the fact that this is an illness that causes death, and it's not um, because the, the uh, if it's a child, for example, that the child was disciplined or, or whatever, but that the child had this illness that, uh, that really caused the death. Mm-hmm. I think you, you get you look at that angle and I think that helps people to re redirect their thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Do you identify that with this, Carol? Absolutely. I think and and think how was it for you? Do you remember when you went to Father Ruby or got in touch with him, or was it your daughter who moved you in this direction, or how did this happen for you? How did you start to deal with your stigma and shame? Well I think that um being um a Catholic and feeling this sort of let down from the church Um, not that they didn't um, give Keith a funeral but they didn't give me the support I needed and I just felt that uh, some of the comments that people would make to me like um, your son must be in purgatory because he took his life Mm. Uh, comments that hurt me so badly and me asking myself, um, what did I do as a parent to make God so angry with me that he would take my son? Mm-hmm. And I think... Father, how was your husband with that? Was he the same feeling kind of thing, or uh, was he helped Father Ruby too, or how did that I come? Think, I think Dick and I both um struggled with our grief in different ways, Um, but I think that Dick felt the same way that i did but he felt it in a different way um i was more emotional and dick was more stoic and um but we both felt that father ruby and the obelisk program was a program that we needed to get involved with so, and even though you were how far away oh uh, we were in, in ohio at the time mm-hmm. so um I would make lots of phone calls, wouldn't I, Father Ruby <laughs> <laughs> oh Father Ruby, we may uh, be opening you up for some phone calls, <laughs> so you basically talked over the phone, but Cindy was in the was it Cindy that was in the program? yes, yes. Uh-huh. and um, and like he said, I think that a lot of people go through this with their faith um when something happens, and that not that Father Ruby was a priest, but that he was part. He would help me with my faith, um, which was very much, very much dissolved at that point.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: Father Ruby, how has suicide been handled uh, in the past by religion? Well, I think
0: I I can speak from our own tradition, Roman Catholic tradition, and I think many of the others uh, followed suit. You you know, over the centuries, it was considered a sin or a crime, um, a crime in the sense that uh The survivors would not have the inheritance rights of someone who completed suicide and it it all evolved that um uh for for centuries uh, uh, a person was denied the right of christian burial uh in the in the Catholic cemeteries there was a, a plot of land that was unconsecrated, and people who completed suicide would be buried in unconsecrated grounds they would not be given the full Funeral rights of uh, someone uh, of another person who had, who had died of other means. So the suicide person, people who completed suicide, were further stigmatized by the church and uh, by not getting the the, Christ, the right of mm-hmm. Christian burial.
1: And we now have a caller, uh, Anne from Florida. And Anne, did you have a question for one of us or a thought?
3: Um, well, I just want to. And welcome to the I... show, and thanks for calling in. Okay, I did come across the. Um... Uh, the gift of uh, Keith's website. And, um, you know, I just found it very wonderful. And, um, um, I, you know, my son died by suicide about a year and a half ago. And mm, I'm sorry you know, to hear that. Searching the web. And I just, I guess, you know, I don't know if it's a question, but it's, you know, the, the guilt that I have of not, not knowing It's just it's like, it's hampering. Myself from like, moved. I feel like I can't move on with my life, uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel, you know, I do feel guilty most of the days, and I think of my son constantly, and I guess my question is, I don't know, the question is, just would like to know how I could reach, you know, I'd like to be able to somehow get get a message across that young people um are hiding these feelings from their parents Mm -hmm. because we just never knew. I knew he was unhappy, but I I would never, ever have imagined that he would have done this. And I know he didn't do it to hurt us. I know that in my heart.
1: Absolutely. And first of all, I want to say this to you. All of the feelings that I am hearing from you are absolutely normal. Absolutely normal for what you've gone through. And I would want to say that and then ask Carol and um, Father Ruby if they'd like to. Can you stay on for a minute and let them comment on it? Oh, sure. Okay. Carol, would you like to say something about it? Ann, I just wanted you to know that we never can understand what another person is thinking. We will never be able to understand what another person is thinking. But your son did die of an illness, and the pain that he was experiencing, he hid probably from you and yeah, from us. I don't understand why he did that though. I mean because he didn't understand his mm-hmm. own illness.
2: Yeah.
1: And Father Ruby, do you have a comment for Anne?
0: I think that um he ran out of steam. He just
3: Yeah, he did, yeah.
0: He just felt I could no longer do this anymore. Um it was a uh almost a like a a stroke of the of the soul. Of the mind that uh, they just become paralyzed they can't do their their thought process becomes so distorted that for him your son suicide was made all the sense in the world he just ran out of steam and it's, a, it's an act of desperation
1: and are you getting together with uh, uh, any other people or do you have an interest well, in doing that
3: um you know there is a support group in the area you know, I'm not really finding it all that helpful. But you know, and I realize this is just going to take time. And I have been, um, you know, uh, Carol has sent me, you know, the cyber list of um, of survivors, which you know I have found helpful. But I just feel like I'm. Oh,
1: and you know, I'm you are spending just, so much time thinking about this. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's you are so much. I mean, this is so new to you. I mean, which, yes, it's very new it is so new in your pain and your and your strength i mean i i i know you have written to me and you yeah. have reached out and that is the most important thing is to reach out and read information all the yeah. all the information you can about suicide and depression and try to understand this word because i think it'll help you understand your son's death and, and, uh, yeah, stay in touch with Carol and, uh, you know, and whatever you need to do. But I want you to realize that it, time will help. When you reach out, you will get feeling better. Mm-hmm. I know it's I, I, I hard to believe to, now, but you yeah, will.
0: I just want to add one thing. When, you know, when you hear that old you know, people say, well, time heals all. It's time and work. Mm-hmm. It really takes a lot of work in this grieving process. Uh, because if time healed all, um, we get calls from people who, where the suicide has occurred 10, 15, 20, 30 years in the past, and they just never worked at it. Right.
1: Um, so but it, it sounds like uh, Anne certainly is. She's it, thinking about it, yes. it. She's getting in touch with Carol. And oh, yeah, you're doing yeah. the work. You have to believe that it's going to get better. It's, yes. it's so painful. How can we live in, with this kind of pain?
0: Yes, and as you work your way through it, in time it does get better but time in and of itself is not going to do it you got to work at it and really come to grips with the enormity of this act
2: mm-hmm. right. so and allow it to allow these feelings it. just
0: to wash over you just mm-hmm. like you're sitting at the at the seaside letting the waves While you just have to love it. and then in time as you work your way through it
3: the pain becomes ordinary
1: mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I want to make sure you're doing is drinking water
3: Oh yeah, no,
1: I, I'm and I'm walking up. or getting a little mm-hmm. exercise for yourself. Yeah, You've also sense got sense. to take care of yourself. Uh, this process and and working, as Father Ruby says, is draining. It's, it takes a lot it of physical is very energy. Draining.
3: Yeah, it, it is. Take lots of bubble baths,
1: yeah, <laughs> do lots of good things for yourself, uh, yeah, take good care of yourself, yes, yes, yes. absolutely. well, thank you so much uh, for calling on the show, mm-hmm. and we are so sorry for your loss, and I know there are many people out there who are identifying with you, and thank you so much for calling in., uh-huh. bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye, bye hmm. bye That's did you want to say something, father Ruby i I've, I've got no. an email for you after if you... Yeah.
0: yeah, okay, just wait for the email. Okay, you ready? Okay.
1: Um, I got an email uh, uh, from a woman named Thelma from South Dakota, and she said, I saw Father Ruby from Catholic Charities was going to be on your show, Um, and that he runs a suicide program, and our daughter Rachel died of an overdose of pills several years ago, right after a priest that didn't even know her told my husband Ray that God would forgive Rachel. My husband was very offended, as he doesn't think she committed a sin, I agree with him, but I forgave the priest. Father Ruby, would you say something to Ray that will help him? I'll make sure he listens to the show. Thelma from South Dakota.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with your husband. Uh, uh, Rachel did nothing to be forgiven for. Hers was an act of desperation. God judges us negatively when we act out of malice. And Rachel was not acting out of malice. She was acting out of desperation. So uh she does not have to be forgiven. Um, uh, the Church wisely has taken the whole act of suicide out of the moral realm and placed it in the medical realm where it belongs. Because this is not a moral issue. This is a medical issue. And um, uh, I, And I think we have to almost have our feet in both camps. If someone were to come to me and say, is it okay if I take my life? My response would be no, it's not okay. Uh life is a gift from God. Uh so if we're looking at it from that perspective, I think we have to say no, I think we have to we have to foster our lives. If we're looking at it after the fact, these people were not acting maliciously, they were not acting to be mean or bad, they were acting because we're to they punish could,
1: other people, no,
0: They just could not handle the pain in their life.
1: Right. Very important. Well, thank you. And um, yes, Dama, uh, thanks for your email. And Ray, uh, I hope you're hearing what Father Ruby says. And uh, I don't know, Father Ruby, are you thinking maybe he might be able to forgive the priest too for some things that are said? Yeah, I, I think
0: eventually. I, I I don't think it's it's good from a psychological point of view to foster resentment or to foster or to hold on to hurts and all that. I think at some stage to say the priest was. Hopefully, and I don't know the priest, but hopefully he was acting out of his own ignorance um, and he was trying to do the right thing or say the right thing. But, um, yeah, I think in some, at some stage it would be important that Ray just say, okay, he was acting out of ignorance.
1: Right. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah.
0: And, and, I, and I
1: forgive him. Yeah. Carol, do you have any comments about, about that email or thoughts? I think those are very normal thoughts and um, I think that we all go through them. Not all, but a lot of suicide survivors go through those same feelings that was brought to attention in that email. I think we all have those feelings, but I think the most important thing for others to do is to understand that when we suffer that first loss of a loved one to suicide, we have no understanding of what that word means, and I think the clergy... Need to play a bigger part in understanding a death by suicide. I think they need to be educated and they need to understand when someone comes to them and says, my child or my loved one has died by suicide, that person can be there to support that one, that loved one. Well, Father Ruby certainly is. We can hear that. And, Father Ruby, I want to thank you for being on our show today. It was great to have you on, and um, I it hope was people will get Obelisk. And, uh, again, I'll say the number, 312-655-7283, if you want to get the Obelisk magazine. With, uh sounds like Father Ruby's uh quite a heavy contributor to that, so that will be great. And thank you so much for being on our show.
0: It was my honor. Thank you very
1: much. Thank and you, bye-bye. Father. Okay. Do you have any things that you want to comment on? And then we have a caller. Okay. Um I wanted just to say that the biggest challenge that I faced after Keith died was understanding the word suicide. It's a very frightening word, and I think most people that experience the death by suicide need to understand that in order to grieve, you have to understand that word, suicide. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's. I think our next caller is also going to uh, talk about that a little bit, isn't he? Would you say? Yes. It's Jimmy Powell from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is that right? Are you on, Jim? Thank you. Is it Jimmy?
4: Yes, that's correct.
1: Uh, Okay, Jimmy. Hi. Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart. Thank you. And Carol, Laura was telling me that uh, you your son died by suicide.
4: Yes. uh, Our son uh, Eric was 27. And he died by suicide in uh, May of 1999. And uh, one of the big problems, I haven't heard all of the show, but uh, I heard the end part of Dr. Ruby's conversation. But Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried to study and read as much as I can about suicide, of course, after the fact. And uh, one of the biggest problems that we have is with the stigma that's associated with suicide and trying to help people understand why it happened. Uh I did some research about the word itself and there's an excellent article written by David Dalby, uh, it's called The Linguistics of Suicide in nineteen seventy two.
1: Mm-hmm. And actually
4: actually whenever you apply the Latin grammar. Is that grammar, on your
1: site, Carol? Um I I don't think that is on my site, is it, Jimmy?
4: I don't believe it is, no.
1: No. How would you get a hold of that, Jimmy, our audience? They, when we uh, mention things, they love to get them, be able to get them.
4: Well, Maybe they could get a hold of you. Do you have a website? No, I do not. I'm sorry. <laughs> the,
1: uh, Jimmy you can give me that information. I can post that on my website. Oh, great. Okay,
4: wonderful. Carol will post it on her website. I okay, do, t- t- tell us a little bit more about the linguistics of suicide. I do have the article. It's about 25 pages long. It's in a, a philosophy and public affairs Uh, publication, uh, it's been discontinued. But anyway, David Dalby did the research on the word suicide. And actually, whenever you apply the rules of Latin, it means the killing of a pig. And
2: Mm. as
4: suicide is not bad enough. uh, Sounds like we have to get rid of the word completely. I agree. And so, uh, we have a lot of words that are uh, not used uh, correctly today uh, with suicide and the words that are surrounding suicide and it creates such a stigma that whenever something like this happens to a person, they don't realize that it's the result of a brain disorder. Uh, pure and simple, it's not a person's will. It's just a person doesn't will to have a heart attack and a person doesn't will to die by suicide. Uh, everyone that gets depression or any other type of mental disorder does not die. But a lot of people, and especially people suffering from unipolar depression, uh, it has fatal consequences just like a, a heart or any other part of the body that goes wrong. And what I try to do in the support group that I have is I try to explain and try to show them images of the brain because I have several images of the brain that compare a person's a healthy brain with a person that's depressed, and you can clearly see the structural and functional changes in a depressed person's brain. It's not working correctly. Uh, It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that a person that goes out and takes their life, that something's wrong with their thinking, their mood, and their behavior.
2: Mm -hmm. They
4: have no control over this at a point in time. Now, if it's caught early, which... In my case with Eric, it wasn't called early. I took him to doctor after doctor, but I didn't understand depression, and I was assuming that the doctors would understand depression and give him something or treat him for what he was going through. But unfortunately, uh, a lot of the doctors
1: do not understand
4: uh, depression and yes, there certainly
1: are a lot of people who don't uh understand depression as a therapist. I realize that. Uh one of, I there are some people who might have a little disagreement over um you know, the the uh the fact that only people who are depressed uh, take their lives. There's some information on uh, spontaneous things where sometimes something will happen, like somebody will break up with a partner yes. or some yes. spontaneous thing uh-huh. may happen. There's some question of whether or not there might be some spontaneous suicide. So maybe not everyone would agree with you or maybe have a different opinion because I'll have to say that um, it's I think it is important with our children, when they have died, we have to allow people to do their own grieving and also to have their own opinion about why their child died. So I think that's important. I respect yours. I respect Carol's. I respect Dr. Ruby's approach on this whole thing. But I also think there can be, if I were a parent whose child died by suicide and I wanted to think it was just a spontaneous thing, I think I should be allowed to do that.
4: Well, you should be allowed to do that, but at the same time, uh I'm not saying that everyone that dies by suicide dies by from depression I'm just saying that depression is one of the leading causes
1: Absolutely I if, would, if I would a, absolutely totally agree with you a on younger that completely person,
4: A younger person that takes their life you have to take into consideration you have to consider the brain development
1: Yeah well I, as I said again there I, I'm a I have some science background and there are some people who and I don't want to you know get into it on the show particularly, but we do have to allow people to have their their, sure. their own opinions and their own attitudes about why their child died. I think that's important and, uh, because that's part of the grieving process. Wouldn't you say, Carol, that people need to be able to have their grief and their, if it helps them, to the way they structure it. And, and sometimes we think kind of crazy things when we're, and not that any of this is, but, 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 th- but we do have some crazy
4: things. But you have suicide. Gloria? you yeah, have suicide. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for being there?
1: on the show. I think that we don't have time to talk too okay. much about this anymore, but thanks okay. for being on the show, Jimmy. Okay. Carol, do you have any more comments about um, anything we've been talking about for the show? Um, basically, I just wanted to state that, um, you know, that anyone that, experiences a death by suicide needs to get support, you know, and they need to find someone that they can talk to about suicide and that they don't feel guilty and they don't feel the stigma. So do you say, if we're talking about um, how you coped, what, what can you remember were some of the major things that helped you? The major things that helped me was finding someone that understood what a death by suicide was all about. And it basically was another, it was basically Father Ruby that basically helped me understanding what a death by suicide involved and then trying to read all the information I could and and talk to other people that had lost children. To so we, you're saying to open, for you to open up. How about your husband? How did you th- think he coped in your children? Because people do cope different ways and... Yes, I think our children, basically um I know that Cindy got a lot of support, and I think as a family, we talked about it. Um, I think if you don't talk about it with your children and you leave it as some deep, dark secret that um it will it will haunt you, and like Father Ruby said, some people that their children or their loved ones have died by suicide, and they have never really talked about it. Yes, right. the secrets the family the secrets, secrets are very difficult exactly. around this. Yes, because I think that comes in with the stigma uh, of it and, uh, and these people are loving, wonderful people. That's why I love your, you know, gift of Keith and having him there with his fish and, I mean, it's, these are wonderful, wonderful people. They are not with us anymore, but they were adorable and we love them and we want to remember them and it doesn't matter why they died. They're gone. I mean, the, the one important thing about my website and I, and I hope that when people come to it, they will always feel that that they're welcome and they're comforted there. It's, it's not just factual information. It's, it's, it's I understand their grief, and I've been there, and if I can help in any way, I'm there for them. Well, Carol, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been absolutely fantastic.
0: You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.